0: <laughs> Welcome to AuthorTube News, where we find the latest news and publishing so you don't have to. My name is Carol Brown. My
1: name is Tamara Woods, and RWA is still on fire.
0: Yep, it's a a glorious blaze into the sky. It still hasn't ended. Uh, So, listener, what we're going to do today is we're going to go ahead and give you an update on the RWA and some of the stuff that's going on there. And then we are going to talk about some other topics involving Barnes & Noble, Goodreads, and a few other stories that we thought that you would be interested in. But I'm going to go ahead and give the mic to Tamara, who is itching to tell you about some of the shit that the RWA has been doing.
1: So grab your tea and let's settle in. In case you are new, RWA stands for romance writers of america and this is an organization that spans all over the united states and apparently there's at least one section in canada and they okay at this time i don't know how many people are in the rwa because folks are leaving but they're flooding they're leaving they're they're leaving they're flooding out And there's also people who are waiting for their membership to finish, and then they're not renewing. Used to be very well represented in the Romeo's community. Again, I don't know what the numbers are right now. As of late, if you've been watching all of this, it started with Courtney Milan was essentially accused of misusing her social media platform and a bit of her power in the RWA and there was a lot of accusations that were created by the RWA against her and they were not supposed to have happened. And it just created absolute shitstorm, where people have been flooding Twitter with their accounts of what has happened with them, of uh, new development. Wow, okay. So let's talk about a few of the big ticket items that have happened since we last spoke to you. Last week. This has just been a week. Holy guacamole. All right. Um, the RWA appointed new directors, and that in itself has been a huge issue because there has been a lot of talk of were the directors appointed in the way that it was supposed to be was supposed to happen by the bylines the current acting president there's been questions of whether or not the acting president even has the quote-unquote qualifications that are pointed out by the bylines oh, gosh you guys so much and there have been huge a- um authors like susan brockman who have been encouraging me- rwa members to leave Whew. okay with the last with the last podcast we talked about rita which is the annual huge contest where they kind of celebrate author romance authors, whether they are well-known or even unpublished as of yet. And so many people, so many people decided to withdraw from the readers that it was canceled, which that is a huge thing. This is very big news And oh my goodness. And then there was um discussion about how much the Rita brings in. I think that I feel like it was a one hundred and eighty thousand dollars the last year. So there I saw that there was some comments about whether or not the fee that authors have to um I think it's a fifty dollar fee that authors have to pay if it's even a necessary fee. Or if it's something that's been tacked on that authors are wondering now if they're kind of being swindled. I don't really know how much that I don't really know how much fact that has behind it. It's just more of kind of taking the temperature of how people feel about the RWA right now. They do not feel secure with this organization. They are very much wary of it. and they do not feel like they're being fairly represented by it. 50 plus agents have stated they want nothing to do with RWA or any events that they run there's publishers that are flying out and deciding not to work with them anymore. Publishers are withdrawing, like Berkeley Romance.
0: Yeah, so the Nancy Yost literary agency, they also withdrew like, and I think one of the things that's really amazing is that when these agencies and these publishers are stating that they don't want anything to do with with the RWA, I've watched the Twitter feed, literally all of their authors are chiming in and saying, I'm so happy to be part of this group who are doing the right thing. So it's not just the the groups that are doing it, but like all their members are for this too so it's not just from where I'm sitting this isn't a, a group of people not looking to do what's best for their image but they literally are doing what their authors want them to do and they're representing that and I think that's that's huge it
1: is huge this is the, again romance is a billion dollar industry it is the biggest chunk of the writing industry in the world so when we have an organization like The RWA, that is so huge and now is facing all of this, all all of this criticism, all of these people leaving in droves. They're losing money every single day that all of us are leaving. All of these publishers are leaving. All of these agents are leaving. They are bleeding money. So what has been their response? It's been very weak y'all, weak sauce. Even certain sections of RWA, their local chapters have been sending them missives and talking about it on Twitter so everyone is able to see it. Like the uh, Ottawa Romance Writers Organization sent a letter to RWA critiquing, critiquing and telling them what they would like to see change. And I think that as of the last time I looked, they hadn't actually received any sort of uh, response. The responses have been very slow, and when they've been given, they've been very generic, such as when a group of 12 former board members sent them a letter offering basically assistance and letting them know that they were there to kind of help them and to guide them through this and to utilize them so that they can help make this organization still run and instead of taking this offer i think in my humble opinion as it should have been taken they gave more of a form letter and with the same response canned responses that they've been giving to everyone and it it's very tone deaf and i as someone who's watching all this unfold it feels as though the rwa is not listening and is not really taking a consideration what's happening I mean it's like a literal illustration of that meme with the dog and the fire and everything's fine like this is what RWA is doing right now oh my gosh the bingo card
0: yeah sorry I didn't mean not to interrupt you but I just was going in there was like oh shit I forgot to add some things to the timeline and a couple of things I forgot to add is that uh somebody made a bingo card if you want to talk about that
1: RWA bingo card so you know even you gosh i have to say writers we are some hilariously clever people even in times of trouble we will find a way to bring a little levity to the situation so someone created an rwa bingo card and of course there's a free board in the middle and there's uh there's things like publishers leave rwa ooh, embezzling of funds ooh, anonymous tips breach of fiduciary duty Women of color being called shrill. Agents leave RWA, and I'm gonna say a lot of these can actually be covered.
0: I totally, I totally got bingo when uh, Melanie Malson opened up her mouth and stuck her foot in it. Like I got, like I was like, oh man, bingo! I'm going for blackout now.
1: Oh, oh, oh! Do you want to talk on her stupid? stupid mouth?
0: Uh, You know what? I can try. I don't think I can do it justice. So, you know what? Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read what she said. Um, So, Melanie Malson in the romance writer group decided to uh, make a post once the Rita reward announcement for its cancellation went out. So okay here i go so in regards to the abruptly canceled 2020 rita award i held back saying anything when this garbage first happened actually posted my disgust but but removed it. But now that the contest was cancelled and many authors' hopes crushed, I will speak up. The award was cancelled due to people crying that the winners of the 2019 award weren't diverse enough. Excuse me, but what the actual F? They stated, and I have the statement that in no in no certain terms said that too many straight white women were chosen and not enough women of color in the LGBTQ. Or here I thought authors were judged solely on their writing abilities. My bad. I cannot express my disgust at how utterly ridiculous this is. When I applied for membership for the RWA, they actually ask you on the application what your sexual preference is. What? I thought we weren't supposed to see color or sexuality, yet they want to know because they're doing anything but LBGTQ nowadays is seen as an abomination. It was presented that they should keep all personal knowledge about the contestants hidden to create an unbiased judging, but it was disregarded. Their recent statement said they plan to change their judging rules in future contests to include more diverse groups, so apparently judging authors by the color of their skin and sexuality. I am a writer. Judge me on my writing prowess, my characters, and my storytelling ability. This is a horrific act of cowardice and segregation. Shame on them. I truly wish I could withdraw my membership. Feel free to share, which we are. This deserves to go viral, which it did. This is not fair to any romance author, nor will it be in the future. So, I have thoughts.
1: Well, I feel like she definitely won the Oppression Olympics. Congratulations, you Mm -hmm. did it. One thing to note that uh, if you go to her Facebook and look at her feed, she is absolutely 100% Xenophobic and racist. And I do not use these words lightly. The things that she has posted for public consumption, disgusting, unless her, I mean, her profile may not be available now. Now that this did go viral, she might've private it. I'm not sure, I haven't looked one look was enough, thank
0: you. My thought is that uh, she's definitely tone deaf. Uh, She also lacks awareness about how social media works because within seconds of this actually hitting Twitter and getting into Romancelandia, people do what they normally do and they flip it. And they went into her background and dug up the last 10 years of her online activity and basically started screenshotting and sharing all the things that she was saying that included her being transphobic and xenophobic and everything else. You know, while I think somebody might have you know might step forward and say people should be judged on their writing ability which you know i think that's a fair point but as we covered in one of our other episodes where we were looking at the reader awards actually it was the last one there was no representation at all so like melanie you're an idiot i'm just gonna come out and say it you go go back into your writing cave and write and hope people forget about you doing this if they can
1: you know and the thing about making these kind of statements and going out here like this is that readers are taking note, you know, not just other authors, but readers are taking notes, reviewers are taking note. And they're making they're compiling lists of no buys. So I'm sure that she has definitely hit the no buy list, in my opinion.
0: Oh no, you're right. You're absolutely right because like part of like this thread that happened, like a lot of people said, on no buy list, on no buy list. Like it was a like it wasn't just one or two. I mean, it was a lot of people, y'all. This is why I think that she's just tone deaf. She like she doesn't understand many things, many many things. Anyway, didn't mean to derail you. It was just I thought that was worth sharing that uh, somebody came out to express their feelings and yeah. No,
1: no, no. I you didn't derail me at all. I think that this she is a prime example of people who don't understand how and i i think i'm pretty sure i said this in the last one but i'll say it again because i think it's worth saying people who don't understand how the landscape of our authorship and our readership has changed remember when and there still are people who are absolutely against having indie authors Being a part of RWA absolutely against it they didn't feel like it was uh they're absolutely against it It didn't feel as though people who were self-published or indies had the technical prowess and didn't have the skill to be involved and you know as we have seen indie authors self-published authors huge part of the publishing platform and you know so these things have to change well now that people are being able to publish themselves, you're seeing more people of color publishing, you're seeing more people in the LGBTQ plus community who are publishing, they're emerging. And in order for organizations like the RWA to stay relevant, they have to work within their community and they have to look and see what is changing. And instead of trying to artificially keep things the same, they have to adapt. And clearly they have not, even though they tried to make a public appearance of it, like creating this ethics committee, which if you'd like to hear more about that, please listen to our last podcast. Also, um this what we these points that we've been referencing, they are in the link for the spreadsheet that's in the description down below. So you can look at all of <laughs> these different points and check out the links that go to them so that you can look at it yourself. It's a lot. And this story is still developing.
0: Yeah. Literally while Tamara was talking, I was like, Oh wait, we forgot like a couple of things to add on there because it's just, it's nonstop. It's nonstop y'all. And I, you know, and I think we should do a shout out to um, the romance Alliance because they've been doing a really good job of keeping us informed. Um Do you want to talk about that too?
1: Sure. The, um, romance alliance that was just created in december as it was definitely created in response to all of this rwa situations and complications and they have a twitter they have a newsletter and they have a discord and their discord is incredibly active um it's free to join and they are Still a work in progress, but that Discord is.
0: How many people are in the Discord right now? Uh, before we recorded, it's uh, one thousand and eighty-four members. It's probably jumped up a couple because I see the new person thing is is dinged. So we probably had a couple more join.
1: Right, and just and that's just been within the last week or so. Because when I last looked was about last week sometime, and it was at one hundred ninety some. So it's very much growing pretty quickly and people seem to be very inclusive and very interested and working with each other and helping to push each other forward which was the initial idea of RWA and it's really sad to see it go this route. It's very sad but so we'll have a link for the Romance Alliance in the description so that you can check it out if you are interested.
0: Yeah they're really on top of this stuff like you know they've been posting a lot of articles and announcements from people who have been withdrawing from RWA and the Rita and all the other stuff and then they're sharing like I tell you I I remember we said this before like you don't really fuck with Romancelandia um you really don't basically there are people who are putting journalists to shame because they're digging in and they're finding all the info and then they're compiling it all in one place it's like it's amazing I almost want to give them the spreadsheet and see if they want to add to it but I'm afraid I'm really afraid yeah and if you've
1: noticed mainstream media has been keeping up with this there's been articles in the New York Times and the Guardian um, everywhere and a lot of times they are looking at these spreadsheets that just your know, romance writers are creating just to keep track of all of this because there's a lot of moving parts
0: oh it's so insane um, I th- did we get everything? I th- yeah because we talked about we talked about passport members trying to help and they were told to fuck off um, let's see yeah I think I think As of the moment that I am looking at the spreadsheet, we're pretty current right now, but probably by the end of the day, something else will get posted. It's just, it's, it's unending, y'all. It's unending.
1: So if you do grab the spreadsheet, as we are adding more information to it, you'll even be able to see what we're adding to it. And as always, if you find out any pieces of information that you think that we should know about, please hit us up on the Twitter, send us a tweet, Our link is in the description.
0: Yep, all the tweets. Um, and talking about people who sent us stuff, we can move on to one of these uh, fun articles that uh, landed on our lap this morning, if you want to.
1: Sure. Uh, why don't you...
0: So, uh, you know, Alina was really nice and said, hey, I think you guys might want to read this. And we said, okay. And we definitely did want to read it because it has to do with somebody who is a beta reader that basically took an author's manuscript and then published it themselves. Um, which, if you think about it, that's, like, that's terrifying. That, that like, sends me, like... That makes my blood go cold and then sends me into a fit of rage at the same time.
1: But to be clear, before everyone freaks out, don't freak out, man. This is not something that normally happens. This is not something that normally happens.
0: No, and and the reason it doesn't normally happen and part of the reason that I actually wanted to bring it up is because I did want to talk about some of the steps that happen with people who do protect themselves from things like this. So for example, obviously you copyright your own manuscript. Um, You do that through the Copyright Center and I'll put a link down below if you guys are interested in researching about how to do that. But you copyright your stuff, and then you also have an uh, an NDA, or sorry an NDA that you can have somebody sign, and basically with those two things combined, that stops a lot of people from thinking that they can steal your shit. And it's the easiest thing. And there's a, like a generic NDA that you can get online, and you can have people sign, and you're good to go. Um, now it's absolutely crazy that this person thought that they could just take this other person's book and at first and with the excuse and that's exactly what this is the excuse that they have for doing that is that when they submitted the manuscript they were just tired and clicked on the wrong file really yeah that's what they wrote I was just really tired and I clicked on the wrong file okay so like I don't know about how you guys sort your stories on your computer I definitely don't have them all like jungled together or anything like that and i know as ocd as i may sound i'm not super ocd with my computer files i just have a folder for everything um that i keep it all in and i make sure it's titled and i move on so there's no mistake mistakes are when you forget to carry a number over in a math problem this was as far as i'm concerned deliberate but that's that's angry carol coming out well i
1: i think it's deliberate too i i can't imagine i i just can't imagine Someone being like, oh, I just accidentally sent the wrong, I sent somebody else's book. Oops, my bad. I was so sleepy.
0: I was just so tired. I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know that this person had copyrighted their material and can sue me for $150,000. Like, you know, and that's a thing. (laughs) That that can happen. Like, part of the reason that people go through the steps to protect their stuff is, is just because of people like this. And again, it's not very common, although it wouldn't surprise me if more shady fucks came out of the woodwork to try and do this. Um, so, again, th- thanks to Alina for bringing this to us and giving us the opportunity to remind authors about the steps that they can do to protect their things, because uh, it's just hard. Um, I guess another thing that people can do is just make sure that they have good beta readers. Um, I know my beta readers are people that I interact with on a like on a, a semi daily, if not weekly basis. You know, I've got good rapport with them, um, and it's a kind of you scratch my back, I scratch yours arrangement. So they beta read my stuff, I beta read their things. You know, so on and so forth. I don't know how do you do that for yourself, Tamara, just so that way the listener can have an, uh, options.
1: I generally. I either work within my writer friend group, or uh, which is people who are much more close to me, or I work within um, like groups on um, Facebook that are for betas. I'm not as, um, I guess I'm not as, maybe as careful as I should be. Hmm, maybe that's something I should think about.
0: But one thing that you and I aren't doing is paying for beta readers. I just I just want to say that. Um, and uh, part of the reason I want to mention that is because I have been seeing a pop-up of people saying that they are opening their shop for beta reading services. And this occasionally gets called out by several other authors, but like, if somebody is making you pay to have them read your stuff, um, please don't. Just don't. Yeah.
1: You do not have to pay to have someone to beta read for you.
0: There are... There
1: are tons of groups. There are tons of other authors who would be willing, you know, I would suggest probably looking outside of like your family and your best friend, unless your best friend is also an author or an avid reader, reader, you know?
0: Yeah. I I know I have Mr. Brown look over my stuff, but Mr. Brown has no fucks for my feelings. So when he goes in there, he tears it up pretty good. So
1: yeah. Don't, don't rely on someone who's going to, uh, be more concerned about your feelings than the quality of your work.
0: All right, that was fun. I'm glad we got that one out of the way. Which one should we do next? We could go into the Goodreads harassment. Oh, that's a big one. Okay, yep, do it. Do it. Or should... <laughs> All right,
1: so this, one, this one's a pretty,
0: this is a pretty
1: interesting topic and it's kind of scary. And I feel like this kind of harkens back to other conversations we've had where people have been harassed on goodreads and there has been really little to no recourse for them so this one we're talking about harassment with spoofed accounts and in case you're unaware a spoofed account is essentially someone takes your likeliness or someone that you know and they create a bs account where they can use it to Hey, slander you on Goodreads, or they can use it to, hmm, how about dox you, where they release your personal information, such as your address and your phone number, etc. And this has been going on. This is an ongoing issue with Goodreads. So I'm going to talk to you about two specific examples. Again. Links is always in the description. We'll start with Patrick Tomlinson. So uh, Jason Sanford he interviewed Patrick Tomlinson on his Patreon and was discussing this particular instance. Now keep in mind Tomlinson has been he's been targeted by people since late twenty eighteen. So you know we're heading into year two of him being targeted by people who were angry at him. So these people created fake reviews there was zero there's zero moderation from goodreads as you know regardless of whether or not someone has read your book or has even opened up the book has borrowed it from a library or bought it they can make fake review about your work and talk mad smack about it and goodreads doesn't really have a policy against it and because of tomlinson gareth l powell and beth cato were also targeted powell responded by deleting his Goodreads account and when cato complained that her account had been uh, spoofed so to speak there were 10 more accounts were created with her name to attack tomlinson what and what's so frustrating about these instances is that the authors have little to no recourse let me tell you another example cat rambo she is an author primarily fantasy and sci-fi her current book is Car- carpet glitter um, she's been nominated for nebula she's a winner of a world fantasy award she's two-time president of science fiction and fantasy writers of america and more she's very well known at the end of 2019 what she called a goodreads stalker made an account with her father's name using his picture from his recent death announcement to post negative reviews about her and to dox her. His death announcement. And I asked her and she gave me a response and I made sure that it was okay for me to read this on air. And thank you Kat, I really appreciate it. And I'm so sorry this happened to you. I'm so sorry for your loss. I asked her if Goodreads finally took the profiles down because there was more than one that was created. And she said, yes, it took quite some time and I will be curious to see what happens. They did not act until I mailed the VP with screenshots that included a post containing every address I'd ever lived at and listing many of my family members as well as some of the truly vile posts that have been made in my name. Right now, I have no faith in Goodreads in GR. Can you imagine you have just, Laid your father to rest, and now you have to deal with this.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's really disgusting. One thing I did want to um, point out with the Patrick situation—these are both horrible, by the way. Like they're both a atro- Like just, I, I have literally no words. Um, but one of the things that I noticed with the Patrick situation is that the group that have been harassing him openly say that they're doing it so that way he'll commit suicide. So these are people who are intentionally doing horrible things to. It, for that reason and I don't, I can't even imagine what kind of a scumbag of a person that you have to be to dislike somebody where you- where you harass them to the point that you want them to die like don't get me wrong like there are some people in the world that I personally don't like but I don't go through the effort to harass and bully them and send them into a depressive fit so that way they'll die like that- that takes a special kind of person.
1: I'm gonna say that you don't do that because you maybe you have i don't know some empathy or maybe you just have some common freaking sense it's this is insanity and what's worse is if she didn't have a big platform like she does would they have acted because this is a trend with goodreads goodreads of course in case you weren't aware is owned by amazon since 2013 so it reflects to me just the general lack of author care that Amazon has, and is reflected in the way Goodreads handles these situations. We we have issues. You send you send a reply. You send a you send things out. You try to get things worked out. Sometimes you might get a response. A lot of times you have to contact and contact. to get a response. And for things like this, that is not only detrimental to their bottom line but it's detrimental to their mental health and it's unsafe someone could use one of those addresses and go and find them and hurt them if they are so if they are so fixated on a person that they're trying to make them commit suicide what would say that they wouldn't take that fixation one step further that's a, that's such a safety issue for it to take so long to be addressed it's almost criminal.
0: It really is criminal. Um, actually, not to be like, not to make it all about me, but I actually have a situation involving an individual who's going out and saying slander about me. And, like, I, they're doing it on DeviantArt. And I when I approached DeviantArt about it, I was like, hey, look, I've never met this person. And they're sitting around saying these horrible things about me that are not true with the intent of actually slandering my name. And their response was, block them. I was like, I can do that, but that doesn't fix the fact that they're saying these horrible things about me that aren't true. It's like, we're sorry that you're going through this. It's a really hard situation. You should just block them. And I'm like, wow, you really give no fucks about me or my personal well-being or anything else. Like, I hate saying that the big companies really don't give a fuck, but they don't give a fuck until there's a lawsuit involved. And that's really what it comes down to.
1: Or if it's people who have big names and... Because, you know, like with, um, like with Kat, she does have a pretty big platform and she talked about it publicly, you know, by doing that, you're able to get that, that squeaking wheel grease or whatever, however the saying goes. But if it's someone just like me and you are, we're not that's interesting. You know, we don't have, we're not pulling in the numbers. We're not pulling, you know, we're not making them that much money. So we don't affect the bottom line that much, not in a significant way of these, of these big organizations who really, again, don't care about us. So what do we do?
0: Well, if you're Kara Brown, you get four dogs and some self home defense stuff and say, bring it. But that's not everybody can do that.
1: No, not everybody can do that. But I would say be vigilant. And when if you do see something that is ha- like something, oh, my God, I hope it never happens. But if someone has spoofed your account, if someone is targeting you in harassment, by all means, report it and yell about it on your social media have your friends yell about it make a stink if necessary don't be afraid to use your voice
0: yeah get yourself yeah no that's really true because one of the thing <sighs> so uh, we could talk forever about this. Um, okay, so one of the things to keep in mind when it comes to cyberbullying is a lot of people do this because they think that they can get away with it um, and that there's no repercussions. So, for example, I have one friend that's currently being harassed by uh, somebody on YouTube. Like, it's ridiculous. They make videos about them and all this other stuff. Um, and they actually have their name under a celebrity name. So you can't really, like, you know, go and report them. But you can still, you still actually can report them depending on the content of the video or what they're saying about you so if they're saying things like i want you to die i wish you kill yourself like all that kind of all that kind of stuff you can go to the police and you can show them the evidence saying i'm really concerned this person is fixated on me i'll block them but i need i need something to be done at least have a record of it so that way something can be done if you quietly suffer in the corner they're going to keep segregate. we're not segregating they're going to keep isolating you from everything and everyone make you feel helpless and it's going to put you in a dark place without a lamp and then what are you going to do then so seriously like don't don't let that stuff go unchecked safety announcement from Caro and Tamara.
1: Indeed. But let us know what you think if what you think about Goodreads policies or lack thereof, do you think that people should have to confirm that they bought the book when they create reviews? Do you think that people should be have be able to confirm that they um, checked it out from a library or whatever? Let us know in the comments below. All right, now you. Now, now
0: me. Uh yeah. man, uh I should have found something more uplifting to follow that kind of story. Um okay, so it might be f- It might be good for this guy, it's kind of sad for me, but I wanted to follow up from uh, an article that I did in our second episode where I talked about how uh, a former NCO of Barnes and Noble was uh, basically fired and he was suing for a defamation of character. And good news for him is that they're going to settle out of court. And that's bad for me because I really wanted to go to court and I really wanted the evidence to be presented to court so I could read about the dirt that Barnes and Noble was doing. So. Alas, poor Caro is not going to find out the dirt that I really wanted to find out.
1: No tea for you, ma'am.
0: No tea for me. No tea. Um, But they did say in their December letter that the lawyers of B&E are informed that the court and the parties are prepared to proceed with the settlement conference, which means that that's going to get done on the 27th before the magistrate judge takes a look at it. And then the attorneys are going to figure out all the details and then they have to be done with that 14 days before they meet. So a clock is ticking for these guys. Oh man, Tamara, I really wanted to know the story so bad. I was just like cackling on the inside to find out what's happening, and now I will never know. Uh, who's gonna write the tell-all now? <laughs> I don't know. It's so sad. My tea is not here. Uh-huh. Um, I only have one more thing, but I think you have one more thing too, don't you? So, it's
1: 2020, the Roaring Twenties, Part Two, and as always happens in the beginning of a year and beginning of a decade, people have some predictions. So I thought that it could be fun if we talked about some potential predictions for the, the, uh, self publishing industry for the rest of the year, maybe even through the rest of the decade. So one prediction that I have, and I feel like today's story definitely, uh, solidifies this in my mind. We are going to find that our readers, are going to start migrating to a different platform other than Goodreads. Whether it's something that's already exists or something new. I think that Goodreads isn't as reader-friendly as it used to be, and I definitely don't think that it's as author-friendly as it used to be. What do you think, Kara?
0: Um, you know, I remember like when it first came out it was a great it was a great place to be and then like the elitism started to filter into it and that's when you were seeing a lot of people coming out and saying you can't say that you read the book if you listen to the audiobook and it doesn't count if you rent it from the library. Like people started putting in like ways to not let people say that they were doing what they were doing and I wanna say that when that started happening is when a lot of the issues started coming up and then obviously because there's no accountability on Goodreads that's this this is why we're seeing a lot of the bullying and the stuff that we mentioned before and I really wish I really wish this company would take a look at their processes and figure out a way to make it um You know, obviously useful for readers, but still keep their creators safe at the same time because at this rate, they shouldn't even let authors actually have access to the author section of this just because of how vile it can be.
1: Yeah, it's granted, Goodreads is supposed to be a place for readers, but authors use it too. It's a way for us to contact readers, it's a way for us to, you know, have our books up there so that people can uh, find them. And one way that we used to be able to, you utilize Goodreads was the giveaways. And now the giveaways, they are kind of your cost out of it. If you are a lowly indie like myself, it's too expensive to use Goodreads giveaways
0: oh yeah I looked at that just because I have that stuff coming out under Faye black I was like I'd like to do a giveaway and give something to people on Goodreads and I looked at it, I was like I ain't got that budget Mm-mm, no I'm out but yeah,
1: it's absolutely too expensive you have to find alternative ways and that's what I mean it's the platform isn't as uh, useful for the author in my humble opinion and I would love to know what you guys have to think so of course as always, Hit us up with some comments.
0: And if you have a friend that's like all about Goodreads, please send them this video maybe around this timestamp so they can hear what we have to say. Because obviously we're authors, right? So we're going to have a certain take on Goodreads. So if there's somebody who's a big reader and they utilize Goodreads a lot, I would definitely like to hear their opinion on this subject as well. And maybe they'll come in and tell us to sifu, and that's fine. But I would rather have the opinion here for us all to read than to just not include it at all.
1: And, you know, even as a reader, I've enjoyed using Goodreads as just a way to keep track of my books but there are other alternatives so another idea that I was thinking about was will Amazon continue to be such a book-selling juggernaut for this decade and I don't know because right now it feels like Amazon has a stranglehold on the industry it's kind of hard to sell books if you don't somehow go through Amazon and to have a viable career in this world.
0: Yeah, it's really hard. Um, and one thing I'll piggyback on with, with that comment is that I think I mentioned it a while ago where I tried to actually go to Barnes and Noble to buy a book. Somebody gave me a $25 gift card. and I was like, I'll buy two books. I couldn't even buy one book, right? I, cu- I couldn't even buy one freaking book at Barnes and Noble because they started at $30. And maybe that's a holiday pricing. Maybe it's not. But if if physical copies are going to become a rich man's novelty, then, you know, Amazon is, is pressuring everybody to basically go the digital route.
1: Yeah, because it's more cost effective for us as authors and for the reader as well. And it's unfortunate. I, I myself, I have all of my books as ebooks first, and then I later on am planning on adding uh paperbacks to my catalog just because it's um it's easier this way and it's more cost effective so i don't know if there's gonna be something that'll come up that's gonna knock down amazon but i hope that there will be that is my hope so i also think that more people will be publishing and i think that's just kind of like a given I don't think that we have reached the zenith yet. I think that there's still more people who are in, in, entering the publishing field, whether it's through self-publishing or publishing with indies or with the major five. I think that is still happening. Um, now, one, one, with one of the articles that I was reading that I have listed down below, they discussed that there was the readership in general last year had decreased And they were proposing that that was going to be a trend. I don't think it is. I don't think that one year is sufficient enough to call it a trend. I think that that this year, people's reading will will go back to normal, if not exceed uh, last year's. Let's see. What's another thing?
0: well I think part of the reason people didn't want to read books last year is because there was just so many political agendas pushed in books like that was a complaint I heard a lot from some of my friends who read that they like the moment they got to the political agenda they like just put the book down and I, I liked the, I want to think that the industry kind of picked up on that and said okay let's just make stories and not push agendas right now because a lot of people are just getting tired of that because when you push that kind of thing into their escapism they're going to get tired they're going to get burned out that's not what they're here for they just want to read a story about a fighting a dragon and move on with their life.
1: But I don't, I think that, uh, well, and you know, this is more of a comment of craft itself, but I think that people have been pushing political agendas forever. They just have been, it's been less fortright. People may not have recognized it as such. So I I think that that's still going to continue to happen. I just think that in order for it to work and to not kind of break into that fantasy aspect of a book, Like, you have to not be hand-fisted about it.
0: Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. Um, And I always talk about this author because she's just... I just love her, she doesn't write books anymore, which makes me sad, but like, Tamora Pierce, she wrote one of the first early uh, YA middle grade books about uh, a woman going to be a knight when there were no female knights, and that was like a really big thing for me at the time. And then before there was a call for uh, LBGTQ plus books, she had actually written one of her characters getting together with like her female lover, like lady's a pioneer, Like she knew what she was doing. Um and you know but the way that she always worked these narratives it was never like kind of like look i am doing the thing you should appreciate me for doing the thing it was just something that they were able to naturally work into the storyline and it just flowed perfectly
1: as it should be as it should be and as we see how technology changes and evolves i wonder what's going to happen with technology and publishing i'm not exactly sure of where that's going to go one of these articles mentioned ai being more a part of the publishing world but they didn't really specify what that would look like so i'm I'm just interesting to see i'm sure that it will be because that's just that's the trend in life in general tech is just a bigger part of our lives than ever before and it will continue to be so but i want to see how that's going to play out and a another thing that i saw it was talking about um go, a call back to using um more traditional methods of finding readers like using newsletters and uh going to um face-to-face events and things like that instead of relying so much on social media i would i would postulate that authors who are more successful are already doing those things. And I think that as social media, it's always changing. It's always evolving. Like, you know, remember MySpace, you know, remember Friendster. Like these things happen, the trends happen, and we can't control our information on social media. I think a lot of authors are hearkening back to where they can have that control. So I would agree that I think that more people are going to rely more on things that they can control rather than, you know, an algorithm. What do you think about it?
0: Uh, I know that they're looking at I mean, no, I mean, I will I will absolutely agree that I usually get a sale if I talk to somebody face-to-face and I give them a business card. Um, I occasionally do walk around with three copies, or I did. My book's coming back out in February, y'all. Um, anyway, so when my book was published, I would usually have, like, a couple copies with me when I go out to social outings, um, and I would always sell one or all of them, um, depending on who I was talking to, because when people meet you and they can make a connection with you, they're more likely to actually purchase your thing, and it's kind of a cool feeling to be like... I. Met this author I talked to them and you know I bought their book you know it's just you know there's there's uh, people want to feel connected to a lot of different things and it really is very meaningful for readers if they can actually meet and speak with the author on top of enjoying their story I mean I I, I think it's a good step uh, of course like you know the person that's antisocial in me is absolutely terrified by this because I overthink all my social engagements and so I'm kind of mentally screaming at it, but I do know that it's a must, it's a m- really needed thing to do, especially I don't want to get controlled by an algorithm, y'all. I really don't. I don't want to change depending on what the algorithm tells me to do.
1: Which right now, that's, this what social media is. We are controlled by the AI. I
0: don't need that if- in my life. I only need like my stomach to control me. That's it
1: tacos
0: tacos speaking of tacos which actually has nothing to do with tacos i would like to move into uh some upcoming events
1: oh my okay. god that was literally the worst segue one, i've heard in life.
0: one out of 10 <laughs> i know my segues are not very good i'm bad with names and bad with segues if i'm going to be known for something let it be that um so it's not really like an event to sh- to talk about but there is a listing of all of the publication events to help you be social and make these connections that we just talked about happening in the americas um and it basically there's something going on every month and it's going to be linked down below i think it's a really good resource for you guys to check out and even if you can't go at least know who's going to be there know who's going kind of understand uh what the events are about because you never know you may actually end up going to these one day and it's going to be nice to know about them ahead of time
1: and also look locally you know your library might be having functions uh if you have a college within so many you know comfortable driving systems they're probably having different things that you might be able to attend you know look and see what's happening in your own neck of the woods and try to participate try to make those connections whether it's with readers writers or both
0: yeah definitely definitely encourage you guys to check out your local stuff and what's going on there i mean there's always something going on it's just hard it's we don't always know it because we're not looking for it but like once you know about something it like pops up all the time um i know i keep trying well i was until i didn't have any more copies of my (sighs) books um um when i have when I have the copies of my stuff again, there are definitely some local events that I want to go to, like writer gatherings, farmer markets, which uh, interestingly enough, like a lot of publishers and local writers will go to far farmer market I don't know if I don't know if they do that in your area
1: um I haven't really noticed that i've I mean I've gone to farmers markets and generally it's more of um like handmade stuff and less of bookish things. So, but if you are an author who crafts, you know, that's an avenue that you can take. You can go to like an arts and crafts market and then also have some books with you. So on the side.
0: Yeah, I did that at the last one. It was it was interesting because I was doing this writing network thing and my husband uh, was off buying spices and, like, some sausage for us to have that night at dinner. So, yeah, you know, two for one, you know, go, go network and come home with some dinner. That's pretty nice. So, at this point, we would normally kind of segue badly into talking about books that are coming out, but I don't have any books that are coming out this month.
1: So, there is a link in the description if you have a book that's coming out soon. please. Give us your info and we will shout you out when it's uh, near that time because we want to help support you. That's what we're about. We're about the community. That's why we're doing this. We want to keep you informed of what's happening in the publishing industry and we want to help get the word out about your work as well.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So. Um, I would love to talk about books that are coming out, but like I said, they're not coming out until February, and that announcement, those announcements actually wouldn't be slotted until uh, February, f- hold on, so we're gonna meet again on the 22nd, and then on the 5th, so like, we wouldn't talk about the book that's coming up until the 5th of February, so.
1: But, hopefully, you guys are gonna come through and let us know about some books, so we'll have something to talk about for uh, our next podcast, which would which will launch on the 23rd of this month.
0: I think we got all the main points.
1: Yeah, I think that
0: we hit them with with some RWA. We
1: talked about some uh, upcoming events and how to even finagle your way into them yourself. Uh, You know, we talked about all kinds of interesting stuff. Good read debacles. Tea that can't be spilled because it's not going
0: to court i mean we've hit him we hit him. Whoa. With whoa 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 no court records for me to read oh so sad okay well okay then that's gonna go ahead and wrap us up again if you guys run into any articles or things that you think that needs to be shared with the world please feel free to you know we love to read your stuff we also like to talk to you and we like to promote your books we're pretty friendly people and easy to get a hold of so please at any time feel free to reach out to us with these stories or these books we'll talk about it that's fine And
1: the link for our Twitter is in the description. The link for our SoundCloud, if you prefer to find us on SoundCloud rather than YouTube, that is also in the description. And you can also send us an email, and that is in the description as well, as well as all of the links that we've talked about today.
0: Yep. So with that all being said, I'll talk to you all again real soon. Happy writing, happy reading, and we'll see you in the next one.